preps to pros and everything in between. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Live from the Lee Company Studio. With the Hall of Famer, Mo Patton, here's Chris Yow. Welcome back in Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. No, I just wanted to update you that Tennessee Valley Prep apparently now has a nickname. They're no longer the Valley Boys. They're the Defenders. (laughs) That's disappointing. let, let, Let me just tell you, they will never be the Defenders. Not on this show, no. by George. They no. are forever the ba- Valley Boys. <laughs> they should have just put three Z's on there I, and I, gave themselves a Hornet mascot. I don't. I don't make the rules. <laughs> I don't make the rules. That's right. Oh man, what a great <laughs> weekend it was in the world of Tennessee sports. Lady Vols get a win. That's always fun. It defined weekend. I mean, yeah, I guess Friday wasn't great. Thursday. So, okay. So, that wasn't the weekend. There you go. <laughs> it's holiday weekend. But, yeah. pretty big, uh, pretty big time player of the week honor here for someone who, you know, the for- team is better without. <laughs> and we're going to talk about John Morant taking the Western Conference Player of the Week honors with Teresa Walker, who joins us now. We'll talk Titans as well here in just a moment. But Teresa Walker joins us, AP Sports Editor for the State of Tennessee. Teresa, I was told the Grizzlies were worse when John Morant was on the team. I'm very confused. Don't listen to the person who said that, Chris. It's that simple. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> you mean Twitter would tell me wrong? <laughs> I cannot believe this. Twitter would I, tell you. I, no, I, yeah, Twitter is always correct, right? I will, yeah. I will not stand for Twitter slander on this show. It was on the internet, so it must it be must true. It must be true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, Twitter is a river, and some rivers are, you know, beautiful, clean, and, you know, you know exactly where you stand. Uh, and then there are others that look pretty, and then the instant you step in it, you're, you're sucked under uh, a You've strong riptide and swept down current. I'm just saying. Yeah. Know who you follow. <laughs> just because somebody is on Twitter doesn't mean that they should be on Twitter. I hear you. Boom. <laughs> John Morant, Memphis Grizzlies guard, Western Conference Player of the Week after going for 33 against Phoenix, 41, and the game winner against the Lakers in just 30 against the Spurs, um, becomes the third Memphis player since 2016 to be so honored following Mark Gasol and Mike Conley Jr. So, How many weeks have there been in the in the NBA se- season? And we've, we've had three players of the week in like five years? That's, that's rough. There you go. <laughs> well, let's just put – there's a hey the, the the Grizzlies went through a little stretch there where things were a little down and 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 here's the thing it, you know there's a lot of great players in the NBA it does take something to break through and John Morant did it last week I mean he outdueled LeBron uh, they win in Phoenix I mean that's that's what made that game even more impressive they won in Phoenix uh, you know and then they also beat the Spurs in that stretch 
and you know, and when you beat LeBron, some you know, kind of head to head in a way, that gets attention. And I'll just say this: um, I, I I'm very curious to see what happens with the All Star pick because he has made an incredibly strong case this year. I mean, with the leap in his play, you know, he he's averaging nearly six to eight points more, uh, his shooting percentage from three. He was a 30% shooter last year from three. And, you know, he right now he's he's over 40. So it's like if he can average just 40% from three, uh, a, a buddy of mine down in Memphis, Peter Edmondson, he's making the argument that Jaw would be unguardable. If he can drive to the paint with his floaters and, and his eye for handing off and dishing off the ball uh, to the open guy, and he's knocking down threes, I, I, I do agree. How do you guard this young boy? And I tell you, man, from the time I, – I, I'll admit, I've been a John Morant fan since watching him a little bit in college. But watching him come into the draft, it, I've just had the feel that, you know, that Zion might Zion Williamson, great player, but that he, this may end up being a little bit like that Sam Bowie draft where you've got a guy who physically his body just doesn't hold up the way you'd like to on a basketball court. And then, oh, yeah, here's this other guy who's just doing some amazing things with the basketball and, and John Morant, guys, he, this team with John Morant is fourth in the West. Fourth in the West. And they had to fight and scrap their way to get into the play-in game last year and, and, and get into the playoffs. And right now they've got, they're sitting there with a the margin at number four in the West. It's impressive to see the leap. And not just Josh, Jaron Jackson Jr., also uh, Desmond Bain. Guys, I love watching that kid play. Talk about the uh, benefit of playing four seasons in college before you go to the league. Uh, that kid is really blossomed this year. But you know, anytime they turn to somebody on the roster, they usually come through. It's it's been fun to watch that team. And if you don't watch the NBA, check out the Grizzlies. You might surprise yourself. Teresa Walker of the Associated Press with us here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Teresa, you know the slight that I that I keep bringing up of of. Twitter saying that Memphis was better out without Ja. Has he has this has that fueled this run that he's on right now, do you think? No, I'll say this. I the kid was talking about uh, and I say kid because you know what, twenty two, uh, and I'm tracking you know, I could be a uh, I'm not going to say grandma, I probably could. Never mind. We won't go down that road. No, but the thing with Ja Morant is he he ta- he came into training camp talking about how he'd been working in the dark, working in the dark. This kid is, he, he is a young man who is self-motivated to be better, to want to be among the best to play this game. You know, he, you know his dad who had him, you know, training, you know, getting his jump and his, his uh, vertical uh, skills going by jumping off a of truck tires back in the day down in South Carolina. You know, now he's got the tools, the money, the wherewithal to surround himself with all the best help to help him be physically at his best. But, you know, the, the key is him honing his skills and the development in his shooting the three to me is the bigger, biggest sign. He, he knew that he's got to do more to, to be a more effective guard on the, on the court. And he went this off season and worked and worked and worked. You know, and, and he, again, he called it, you know, working in the dark and that the dark was about, you know, well, he's been trying to do that for a long time, not just because somebody wrote on Twitter that they were better off without him. Uh, the fact of the matter is when they can get all these pieces together uh, and, and get a little bit going, I'm curious to see what they can do all together. I mean, right now they play at Brooklyn tonight. They've got six guys uh, in the COVID health and safety protocols, uh, including Dylan Brooks, 
Kyle Anderson's the latest to go in there. Um, but, uh, you know, once they get these pieces together and can try to put together some kind of run, they're fourth in the West with Shaw having missed a couple of weeks with, you know, uh, Darren Jackson Jr. missing. Dylan Brooks didn't, you know, miss the start of the season. You know, it almost was like ships passing the night when Shaw when went out with his uh, knee injury. So if they can get these pieces on the court together for a month at a time, I would love to see what they do because they've been doing this with guys stepping in and out of the lineup for various reasons, and yet they haven't missed much of a beat. It, it, that's, that's what's making this one so fun to watch. Teresa Walker here with us, and uh, I want to shift gears real quick to the Tennessee Titans as they are currently sitting. Let's talk about them. <laughs> yeah, let, let's talk about the, the number one seed in the AFC currently, the Tennessee Titans. But before we get to yesterday or anything else, is there anything to this Bud Dupree story coming out from Nashville Scoop saying that he was uh, a part of a group that, quote, vandalized a Walgreens in North Nashville? Well, let's just say this. Uh, I've seen the reports. Uh, the Metro Police wants to talk to him. Uh, right now, it's you know some allegations. You would assume that there's some video inside the Walgreens that they could look at to, to verify some things. But at this point, you know the, the allegations is that somebody started, an employee started using his phone to shoot video of Bud Dupree. I don't know why you'd want video of him walking through the store. You know, should, wouldn't you want video of him playing on Sunday? But uh, you know, so they're investigating. And here's the thing. I'm not writing anything until there's an actual charge filed or an arrest made because, uh, you know, what's that thing about opinions? Well, in this case, uh, police can invest any investigate anything that somebody has alleged. Let's see if there's something else to that. Sounds good. Just wanted to get that out the way. <laughs> Otherwise, this Titans defense just continues to dominate over the last few weeks, and Sunday, no exception. Guys, this defense is, let me check my notes, they're sixth in the NFL now in scoring defense, fifth in the league in sacks. They got 46 sacks. They had 19 all of last year. Remember last year, you know, for the last, you know, last season and into the offseason, how dare he make Shane Bowen the defensive coordinator? He should just get a new guy. Well, what they did instead was they changed out a bunch of players. You know, seven, eight players, you know, off of that defense last year, gone. New guys brought in. Nico Autry, nine sacks. Bud Dupree had his best game possibly of the year yesterday. Um, you know, uh, it's, you know, and I'm trying to think, Jack Ragged Jenkins, uh, shoot, Buster Screen, a guy from Chattanooga, you know, played with the Mox. You know, he's, he's been in the league a long time. He's now finally getting to go to the, uh, to the playoffs for the first time in his career. But they changed out that many guys and, it made a difference. Uh, you know, they are, you know, they're, they're second against the run. I mean, they're doing things. And when you watch them play, you know, swarming to the ball, you know, it, when I watch them, it kind of reminds me of the old John Ward phrase and a host of volunteers because you got guys just rushing onto the ball carrier. And, you know, part of it is the fact, you know, Mike Rabel's talked about this. Part of it is just the rest. They got the bye December 5th. They had the, the weekend off, uh, the mini bye after the 49ers game being rested helps you run faster, feel better. Uh, maybe you can ignore some aches and pains a little easier when you've had some rest. 
but they've been playing together now. So you also have that continuity, the chemistry. You know, Kevin Byard's been there. Monty Hooker's been there for much of the year, even though he had a stint on IR. Uh, you know, Jack Rabbit Jenkins, he comes in and out of the lineup, but then they've just been plugging people in. It's been fun to watch this defense, and it's amazing the difference a pass rush makes. But some of the some of the sacks are coming because they're covering in the secondary. It's all working in hand, and I just kind of go back to that. Sometimes it really is about the players. It's Jimmy's and Joe's, not X's and O's. JP says that we have a question from our Facebook listeners. Yeah, it's uh, from Phil. It says, will we ever, in all caps, by the way, see Julio Jones play again this year? Yes. In fact, I've just got an email that they've activated him off of COVID list. Um, You know, you didn't notice him so much in the uh, game against the Niners because, well, A.J. Brown went off. Um, But, you know, here's the thing. I still maintain this, that Julio Jones, that whole trade was to get a guy to help them in the postseason. Uh, Remember the playoff loss to the Baltimore Ravens? Corey Davis was hurt, went to the sideline, made it easier for the Ravens to double A.J. Brown and, you know, swarm Derrick Henry, and that helped shut down the Tennessee Titans offense. So, you know, you can't ignore Julio Jones. If you do, do, you know, he did have a 100-yard game in Seattle. Now, you know, I, I know that there were fans hoping that he'd have one of those every week, and he's dealt with the hamstring. Now it was the stint on the COVID list, but he's back. And if the Titans can get the number one seed, that buys more time for him to, you know, heal up, be in better shape, and be in better condition. And I maintain that he was brought in to help catch balls in January. We're now in January. So, guys, if he makes one touchdown catch in a playoff game to help them win, uh, how many people would say that was worth it then, right? I mean, right now it's tough to look at the production and say, oh, yeah, of course they should have made that trade. I understand that argument. But, again, let's see what the next month potentially more brings to this team. Teresa Walker of the Associated Press, um, we're going to um, ambush you here. Can you stick around with us for another segment? Sure can. We appreciate it. We'll be back after this on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day. More with Teresa Walker talking Titans and other NFL stuff. stuff. Plenty of it. So stay with us. Raiders to the two-tone blue, covering the teams you care about. It's only on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, live from the Lee Company studio with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yao. Welcome back in as we continue talking about the Tennessee Titans and other NFL news with Teresa Walker of the Associated Press. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so wild. I, I don't. I, I was having internet issues yesterday, and so my streaming of CBS was struggling at times. Obviously, when it rains, charter gets a little iffy. Um, so it's it, all I see on my screen is like can't load player blah blah blah. But then I hear it pop up out of nowhere with the audio, and all I hear is hey hey hey, and then the fans hey. <laughs> 
It's like, how you doing? How's your mom and them? Right. <laughs> like everybody in the stands all at once. That was absolute nuts. But uh, <laughs> Teresa, did you hear any? Did you hear that live? Like, what was your reaction to that? Oh, the the, the Sean Smith yesterday with the hey hey hey. Yes, <laughs> that was so. I, I loved it because it's like. Yeah, you know, it's like, and, and I will say this: a lot of people were tweeting, "Hey, hey, hey!" No, it was, "Hey, hey, hey, hey!" He got a fourth hey in there. Oh, so so it wasn't uh, a Fat Albert impression. It, it was, well, I think he. I I don't know why he did it. I loved it because the fun part was how the crowd completely responded. So, um, it, it, you know, they came back with, "Hey!" So, I mean, that was a fun interaction that you, I mean, usually it's, hey, ref, you suck. And there was lots of that after the grounding call that they completely missed. I mean, I'm sorry. You know, Tua Tonga-Valoa, you know, hits the ground around the offensive lineman and Mike Gusecki is, you know, five to eight yards past that. If that truly was intended for him, then it would have needed a, uh, you know, earth bore to go under the ground and then pop back up. I'm just saying. But, uh, you know, it was a fun moment. Uh, the moment that nearly I nearly missed was the person who decided to run on the field. I think at the start of the fourth quarter, and it's like seriously, dude, this isn't about you, you know. Um, and by the time he got to the security guard, he had his hand up in the air. It's almost like he gave himself up because he he seemed to be a little tired. So don't get on the field if you can't run all the way. <laughs> well, he, they and and the TV broadcast was not showing him. I mean, they they zoomed in on the Titans offense at the time so you know that that was nice i don't know have you seen this video of brett kern and jeffrey simmons so kern i have not kern is on the sideline after a, a punt or something i don't know and or i'm sorry after the defense comes off the field and he's got his he's asking for high five and simmons just walks by him and so he goes kern goes to the bench and says next time you'd leave me hanging on high five we got problems <laughs> Good for him. Oh, I thought it was hilarious. Good but for him. I, I'll tell you, this has just been a, a, a <laughs> crazy week, <laughs> has it not? <laughs> it has been crazy, but you know, if, if you think about it, that's you know, nobody wants to be left hanging when they're trying to get a high five. I mean, it's like, come on, can you get me? Uh, but you know, you want the highest of five. Sorry, that was a you know how I met your mother reference. Uh, to anyone who ever watched that show, sorry. Good call. Good call. Exactly. It was legendary. Um, but <laughs> Legend, the, wait the for it. The, exactly. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you know, that's what you're looking at. I mean, I had to do my Titans analysis today, and I really had to work for the stock down and the, you know, what needs help because, you know, that's how that's the kind of game yesterday was. I mean, you could pick nitpick. Oh well, you know, Ryan Tannehill. They didn't pick up a first down until you know what second, third drive or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, and one of the sections I picked was, you know, they need to be better in the red zone because they're first in the NFL and when it's goal to go. Part of that reason has been probably Derrick Henry with his ten touchdowns earlier in the year, but. You know, when they get down there, whether it's Ryan Tannehill running in or what, they've been able to convert. But they have had some struggles inside the 20, so I, I went with that. But, you know, you've got a streaker. Thank God he had his clothes on. You've got problems with the high fives on the sideline. Um, and, you know, they've just activated Julio Jones, Kendall Lamb, and Jayon Brown off of the COVID list. So, you know, 
right now things are looking good for the Titans. So um, I, it's 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 not a bad feeling right now, right? Teresa, you talk about things looking good for the Titans, and and one of the reasons I think things are looking good for the Titans has been a guy who's been overlooked to me. Deontay Foreman, why did it take them so long to find him? Well, they knew who he was. He was on the roster last year for a while. So, um, you know, but you've got Derrick Henry, and they were looking for, you know, Jeremy McNichol is a guy who we've seen him be so incredibly successful on screens and, and bring that speed and, you know, kind of slitheriness uh, to, you know, part of his game to, to the team. You, you want a little change up. You got the, you know, Big Derrick Henry, you want somebody who can dip and dive. And, and remember what uh, Dion? oh, God, now I can't even remember his name, the, the former Patriot, Dion Lewis, who they signed to, to be the help in the screen game. Well, people know that Jeremy McNichol is going to probably catch a screen, and it hadn't stopped, helped defenses stop him. So, um, you know, that's, he, that brings value to the offense. Um, you know, Deontay Foreman is a, a very similar to Derrick Henry. And, you know, so I think it was just that they were – trying to mix some things up and he was he was home he was home when they signed him on november 2nd and they bring him in he wasn't with somebody in a camp he was not in football and as mike rabel kind of talked yesterday uh you know some of these guys uh and he said it today again you know some of these guys who didn't have a job buster screen one of them you know they golden tate as well when you're out of football and you get a call and come in and you're joining a team and you're playing uh, and contributing on a, a team that's winning, you know, you're kind of like stray cats. You know, you're de- you know, you want this place, you want this job. You are, you're not giving it up because you've been out in the cold uh, with nothing around you. So that that's part of that benefit. You know, he's running with a purpose. And Mike Vrabel praised Deontay Foreman today. You know, he had the it was an ugly, painful fumble in New England uh, where he he was running to the end zone. That would have a touchdown that would have given the Titans a lead on the road against the Patriots on a day where you could just tell all they were doing was running the ball 270 yards. They don't win that game because the ball gets tripped out. Yesterday, Foreman is running down the field, has another breakaway, and defenders chasing down, and they're trying to knock that ball out. It didn't come out. So, you know, there's been definite improvement. This guy was a third-round pick out of Texas by the Houston Texans. Got to think he's going to really want to have a chance on Sunday to remind the Texans of what they let go. Well, that brings me to my next point. <laughs> Don't – never mind. Okay. That's a little Lawrence Taylor reference from the water boy. Um, <laughs> brings me to my next point is that we could see Derrick Henry on the practice field this week potentially. And what does that mean for this running attack? That's, that's going to be the fun thing to see. What do they do? You know, Dontrell Hilliard is a guy who's similar to McNichol and gives some of the ability to catch out of the backfield. He's also put together some really great runs. I mean, he put the capper on him yesterday with that long touchdown run himself. Um, you know, you also have Jeremy McNichol who's looking healthier. But, it, you know, and Mike Rabel told us today that they've been talking about it, about when to activate Derrick Henry. And, guys, that doesn't mean put him on the roster, he starts playing. Uh, when you're on IR, you get a 21-day period to practice with the team, to see where you're at, see where you're physically at, and get you into football shape, okay? Um, now, with Derrick Henry, we're kind of used to those off-season workout videos. We're thinking, oh, just put him in. He's fine. 
but uh, you know, he's been out for eight. I think this Sunday would be like the tenth week. I think counting uh, the buys that uh, since he was put, you know, hurt the foot. Um, so you know, even he might need a few days, right? Uh, so we're expecting Mike Rabel said a decision likely midweek. I honestly am expecting uh, a, a, an email from the Titans on Wednesday morning, probably within 30 minutes before Mike Rabel talks to us at midday, saying, you know, he's been at, re- activated to the practice. I love the phrasing activated to the return to practice window situation. And that gives them, you know, if he looks great Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then maybe you say, sure, go ahead and play him a few snaps on Sunday. You know, maybe you scratch Dontrell Hilliard, maybe you scratch Foreman, or, you know, maybe it's McNichol. Give him a few reps, or you just let him keep practicing. And if they get the number one seed, then you've got truly a three-week window to let him kind of shake off the rust uh, and, and work himself back into a bit of football shape. The challenge is, you know, it, 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 this is where it's going to be tough to read the tea leaves. Mike Rabel, in his four years as head coach, has tended to err on the side of caution that if a guy could, you know, benefit from an extra week off, he sits him. You know, most notably, um, his first game, Taylor Wan gets a concussion, and he told us he told Ron, uh, "No, you're not playing next week. You're going to get over this concussion." You know, I think that's his 14 years as an NFL player coming to bear. But on the other hand, guys are banged up. You're not really doing a ton of padded practices at this point. Certainly not really in the postseason. Um, so. Getting Derrick Henry real true football snap actually could be on Sunday in Houston, right? So at this point, stay tuned is my best advice on what happens with Derrick Henry. That's what I said four weeks ago was I would like to see him in a game before the playoffs just to get his legs back under him and get hit a couple of times because it looks like we're going to get that extra week anyway. And if Derrick Henry can get it, can get us to that point, boy, wouldn't that be fantastic? And again, we 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 cannot, we would be remiss if we did not mention that once again, Mike Vrabel with a win after long rest, and in the event the Titans were to be the one seed, he would only have to win one game, not on, on long, long rest. rest. So, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, it, I know. I, I can't. I can't remember who it was on Twitter that said that Mike Vrabel's record is like eight and zero after buys or Thursday night games. So you know, for the people, for the Titan fans who remember the loss to Baltimore in two thousand, two thousand eight, when the Titans were the one seed and had the buy, uh, I, I can understand some whiplash there, some some bad memories, and thinking, no, 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 we don't want that, but. That's the thing. This is a different coach, a different coaching staff, and a different team. Uh, and, I, you know, as long as you're not facing the Ravens, maybe that's the key. Maybe that is the key, in fact. Hey, um, we got about three and a half minutes left, and we've got to talk about Antonio Brown at least at some point because yesterday the initial reaction to Antonio Brown's outburst was this guy is a, a head case. And I don't know how they dealt with him for two years or a year and a half or however long. But then the news comes out that perhaps he wasn't feeling 100% and didn't feel like going into a ball game. And he was given an ultimatum by Bruce Arians to either get in the game or get off my field. And he chose the latter. And I don't even know. 
I don't know where to start with this. This is just it's, this is an odd situation, but Antonio Brown seems to find those. Well, I'll say this: the way he stripped off his uniform and walked off the field, I hadn't seen that before. Vontae Davis, I think it was, you know, quit at halftime of a Buffalo Bills game, mm-hmm. but at least he was at home and he didn't throw equipment off and strip off his uh, jersey uh, before he left the field. So, uh, you know. The story is probably somewhere in the middle, but when I hear that, you know, that idea that he was ordered into the game, wasn't feeling good, um, you know, that feels a little spinish, trying to, you know, maybe put a different light on it. This guy, you know, the thing that was trending last night that caught my attention, Montez Burfick was uh, trending and kind of reminded me of the hit that he put on Antonio Brown once upon a time um, when he was still with the Steelers. And I just, I don't know what's going on. I just hope that Antonio Brown gets some help because you don't strip off in the cold like that uh, just because you're, 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 you've been told to get off the sideline. Okay. Um, I, I, you know, yes, you could be mad at your coach and Bruce Arians has had his back. That's the thing. The coach that's had his back all year and had it when he was suspended for the, uh, you know, the whole back card that was fake situation. Uh, that's the thing. Suddenly this guy is telling you to get in the game and, and that's your reaction because, you know, you, you, know, you think you're still so hurt. You can't play. I mean, guys, we know players when they're dressed, they want to play. If you've got the uniform on and you're active, you're, you're standing there thinking, when am I getting in the game? Right. Yeah, I mean that was it, my thought too. If, if you're not wanting to play, then you're not standing up on the sidelines. You're probably back on the bench or back out of the mix, that kind of thing. So, and and I just can't see Arians being that type guy. But especially with everything he sure, that he's he sure done, seem like it. it. Everything he's done in support of AB to this point. So, stay tuned. I think that that's typically the case with. Antonio Brown. You should stay tuned. Teresa, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. We always appreciate it. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. We could just talk to her for two hours on Monday. Just just so much to talk about. And we could continue talking about the Titans if we wanted to on the other side. And perhaps we will mention some. But we will also talk about some college football news. So stick around. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today returns after this.